1: TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's
0: fastest-growing
1: TV brand.
0: Hockey! Yeah. yeah, My favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show. Yeah. Judd's Hockey Show this is all-gad Declan Goff. Hello, Declan. Hello, Judd. How are you? I am good, and I'm about to present a fastball high and tight in the oh, reckless boy. speculation. Bar down. Here we go. Okay. I have a—I'm going to start— This episode off with a question to you and the listeners, too. So if you are consuming this via the Judge Hockey podcast, perhaps uh, right now on Score North on 1500, wherever you are, here's the question. Declan gets to answer it. If I told you right now, so we stopped the season with the Wild trailing um, by quite a bit now as far as a playoff spot goes. they're, they're out. That they could either rally and get the eighth seed in the playoffs. And I'm not telling you what's going to happen there, okay? But rally to get the eighth seed. So you sneak into the playoffs. Or you could trade Jonas Brodine to Toronto or Winnipeg or any other team. Those two teams came to the top of my list as far as must have blue line help. That you could trade Brodine to the Maple Leafs or the Jets for a haul. I'm talking a really good haul. Draft picked haul. Maybe younger players. But those two teams are desperate. What do you take if you are Billy Guerin and the Wild? The floor is yours, Declan.
1: Okay. So, again and again, it's either the last spot in. Yes. Or or, or trade brodeen Those are your two options. I think it's a realistic world. question. Yeah, I think it is, I think too. it's a
0: realistic question because, you know, the Wild, who knows? Now, as we record this and they are going to play or they are playing, as you listen to the Pittsburgh Penguins on Tuesday night in Pittsburgh, the Wild has 46 points. Um and the second wild card team in the Western Conference has 53.
1: That's a gap. That's seven points. But anyway, yeah.
0: I'm sorry. Go ahead. I
1: would, I would probably have to entertain trading Jonas Brodeen, man. Uh, at this point, I know I said just what two weeks ago. I think this team can make the playoffs because I thought their offense can carry them. Now they're in a spart, uh, a bit of a sput with their offense. Um, and the gap is now becoming pretty deep, even though there's you know. 35 or so games left to play I as much as I've been impressed with moments of this team and players on this team I think you do have to be realistic and as someone who has been open to trading Jonas Brodin even before this season has started I think you're at the point now where you do have to listen to it and Toronto or Winnipeg to be honest I don't really care which
0: one so you don't care a Central Division team nope. versus Eastern Conference, nope. which you get them out of your
1: conference? I, I'll i say this. If you put Jonas Brodeen on the Winnipeg Jets, I think they are the favorite to be in a Western Conference final.
0: And right now, they're out of a playoff spot barely, correct? Winnipeg? No, yes. they're in. Oh, well, I thought they were just— I, I believe thought, they are in. Hold on a second here. Let, and, let me call it up. Nope, they are out. uh They are one point behind the Oilers, for, and the Oilers are in the second wild card spot.
1: But— they are very close. To, they're three points off of being third in the division. Absolutely. Well. Yeah, so, no, they're viable. They're making the playoffs.
0: They're a very they're, viable team.
1: They're 100% making the playoffs. Yes, sir. And their offense is, is, is as good as anyone's in the league. Hellebuck, is is he a world beater? No, but I think you can make a run with him. Yep. If you put Jonas Brodeen on the Winnipeg Jets, they will give St. Louis and Colorado all the run for their money in the Central Division, and I think that would be good. The Wild would probably get a first-round pick back. I don't think you. I know I like making a good hockey trade. I don't think that's possible. If they want to give me Kyle Connor for Jonas Brodin, hey, I'm listening. I'll take it all day. I just don't think that's going to happen. Agreed. But they need blue line help. The Wild need it now. You're at the point where you need to stockpile picks. Probably uh, you need and 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 you are close to being within the sixth pick in the draft and or the thirteenth pick in the draft. You need to figure out who your identity is. And I would say Brodeen and even Brad Hunt would be two guys I would realistically circle. I'm out on trading Jason Zucker at this deadline. I'm totally out. Because I just you I just you get think more his in the value summer? yes, I think you get way more in the summer. Okay, fair. Um, and Eric Stahl, same thing. I'm I'm out on trading Stahl. I look at two guys on this team that you can get something back in February for, and it's Jonas Brodeen and Brad Hunt, whether that's just a bag of peanuts. I still like peanuts, so that's fine. So those are the two guys that I would want.
0: So Brodeen to me, strikes me as really intriguing because he gets you something back. You know, Brad Hunt, you're right. Brad Hunt gets you, let's say, a late round draft pick. Power play specialist, he's not that good. He had a nice little run, and he can do some things, but Brodeen is a viable, big-time... The Jets or Maple Leafs are immediately improved, and they both need help. I, I believe that... The Leafs, uh, Morgan Riley just got hurt, and I think he's going to be out for eight weeks. Yes. Jake Muzzin got hurt right after or right around Christmas. Week to week. He's week to week. Uh, the Jets, unbeknownst to the Jets, gave up, um, A lot, as far as defense went, because they assumed that Dustin Bufflin was coming back. It sounds more and more like Dustin Bufflin is never going to go back there. And so the Jets desperately need help. And Brodeen is the one guy. So we could talk about, you know, Stahl. Stahl could help a team for sure. And and I would like to have Stahl if I'm a playoff team. But Eric Stahl is not. He is a night. I would give you something for him. But I'm not going to give you a ton. I am going to give you, for Brodeen probably a lot. Like, we're talking a very solid, good, he is, he's a guy you hate to trade, but with where the wild stands now, Declan, I think you have to explore it, and here's the other thing that's so nice about Brodeen. One, he is in uh, the second to final year of a contract that's going to pay him $4.2 million, he's 26, each of the next two years, he's a UFA in 2021-22. The other thing is, when it comes to the terms of his contract, there's no, no move clause, there's no limited no-trade clause. You could trade him tomorrow and get a lot back, and he can't block it. This one is, and by the way, just to be clear, of all the guys I'd like to trade, I hate this idea of trading him because I really like him as a player. But when we look at where the wild is right now, if we're talking about how do you turn that corner again, this is a viable guy to get you something. Exactly.
1: And I, I've been saying this the last few podcasts. You're, it's
0: reckless speculation. Love the reckless
1: speculation. I'm gonna give you another one another reckless speculation here after I make this point. But love it, the first thing with Brodeen, and I, I've said it for the last few weeks, you're at a conundrum here. You're at extension time with Jonas Brodeen. He's entering the last year of his contract he has one year left after this season. So you're at extension talk. You have three defensemen in Suter, Spurgeon, and Dumba locked up for four more se- three to four more seasons at a very hefty price. And Brodeen is going to be do a significant raise from what four point one million he's making this year. You need to you need to realize that if you don't move him either at the deadline or at the or at or in the summer, yep. then you're going to have to sell him as a rental. I don't think you get much back as a rental one year one year from now. I don't think you can.
0: And you're exactly right because the new thing now is to trade a guy right now. Yes. So so the whole thing of well we'll trade Brodeen in a year or so no longer works. You're right. With the return the return for a bro, for Brodeen in one year would get you something. The return right now to what you're saying in today's league gets you a lot. And the
1: Wild have a plethora of defensemen who are I'm not saying they're Jonas Brodeen and they're ready to be Jonas Brodeen, but they have a Nick Sealer, they have Patern, they have Brandon Manell, they have Louis Pedio both in the minors who are two defensemen that deserve time up here. Yes, Jonas Brodeen would be missed. I'm not the Wild would be are, are going to be sad to see him go. But you have people to replace him. you have a plethora of defensemen, and if you're the wild and you can you can sell, you have a surplus of something, you got to get rid of one. and it's either going to be at this point Bro Dean or Dumba. I think Dumba's value is shot so low right now because of the season he's you don't having trade him. and it's Correct. such a hard guy you trade because you don't want to none of the Brent Burns situation so that's that's my first point on trading a defenseman. you want my reckless speculation? Well,
0: on Dumba too. Yeah. yes, quickly yeah. It Dumba. Dumba, I don't know what's going on necessarily, and I certainly I certainly wouldn't say that I, I would never trade him, but I'm with you. Well, one, he is a right-shot defenseman. They're incredibly hard to find. Two is you take Dumba to market if you're convinced that he's going to, that something's wrong here. You take him to market in the summertime. Brodeen steps in for Toronto right now and helps them. Because Dumba steps in, and he might help him. I don't know. But look at everything. Brodeen brings every element that you could sell a playoff team on. That's what I'm saying is the return there, I think, could be among the players on this roster who you would be willing to part with and who could get you a return that in a year or two you say, oh, wow, did we do great? Brodeen is up there. Exactly. Reckless speculation too, Declan.
1: Okay. And it involves Matt Dumba, and it involves exactly what you're talking about, trading him this summer. So – Matt Dumba's having a down season. He's been snake bitten. He's been trying. It's not like he hasn't been trying. He's definitely snake bitten, and it stinks. How about this for some reckless speculation in a classic hockey trade involving Toronto? Okay. Another defenseman who we were just mentioning on this podcast is having a down season, and he's out four to six weeks in Morgan Riley. Morgan Riley is making $5 million. Dumba's making six and a half. Mm -hmm. Would you consider a hockey trade straight up Morgan Riley for Matthew Dumba? Riley scored 20 goals last season. He's never had double digits before that. His highest total was nine, but he, yeah. he'll, he'll score eight to nine goals, and, and and he's a little bit of a threat on the power play. Would you consider a hockey trade straight up Morgan Riley
0: for Matthew Dumba what's, in the summer? What's left on Morgan Riley's contract? As, Riley, far as,
1: as far as years go, I'm sorry. Riley has two years left, and he has a modified no
0: trade that kicks in next season. And Dumba has four years left and, and, and no, no trade protection whatsoever. Nothing, yeah, zero. Which I'm shocked he didn't get, yeah. by the way. So basically, um, you
1: get a little bit of cap savings. You get an offensive, still an offensive-driven first player. And you don't have to worry about the headache of, is Matt Dumba, was he really not that good? Is his injury going to linger him? You know, it, there's a lot of variables at play here. Who's
0: Riley, though, as far as, to your point, he had the great year goal scoring last year. Before the injury um, a couple days ago, he definitely dropped off. So am I getting a guy who is an offensive threat? Am I getting a guy who had a pop-up season? Am I I guess here's my thing with Dumba. I would like to explore the space and find out what the hell has happened and what I have here. I mean, do I have a guy who got hurt and can't rebound? Do, do I That Calgary game that we go back to last week where he had, I think, 12 scoring chances, six shots on goal, and you see that guy and you're like, okay, just be patient. Goals will mm-hmm. come. Um, I'm not anxious to trade Dumba, and I tend to agree with what you said, which I think his value has plummeted now just because it's been a really bad year for him. Um, I th- Okay, the answer that I would give you to your suggested hockey trade is, if I'm Billy Garen, I wait on Dumba because I want to know more here. I'm not anxious to trade him unless he's a problem, which I have, which I don't think. I don't think he, he is. He's no. a problem? No. Now, if there was a locker room dynamic or something. Then he's grown up a lot. Yeah then my attitude towards him might be completely different. But assuming that there's not, and as I said before, we have no reason to believe that there is, I think I'm going to just wait this out because the Calgary game and the opportunities that he seems to be getting more and more now, not scoring yet, but the opportunities are there, Declan, really intrigue me. I mean, these guys are hard to, to find, and I will go back to the one thing is he's a right-shot defenseman. They're damn hard to find, yeah. especially good ones. They're really good. So... Right now, my answer if if he just if Dumbo holds steady, it's yeah, July, July. No, July I don't right want now. to trade him. Okay. No, because I think he's gonna I really think Matt's gonna come back in two thousand twenty and twenty one and have a really good year. He, yeah. Still will make some dumb mistakes, but that's just sort of him. Um but I think the goals will come again and that power play presence, if it comes to fruition, can be damn good. Right. It's really intriguing. Would I want this trade? Would I
1: make this? Would I make this trade? I don't know. Okay. And this is where I actually love playing armchair GM because I, I think it's it's a fun thing to do. If Bill Guerin ends up doing it, he does pull the trigger on July first or second. Matthew uh, Matthew for Morgan Riley. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't hate it. That's I I wouldn't hate it. And if that does that mean do I love it? No, but I wouldn't hate it. I'd entertain. What's it. the purpose? Do you think that? cap savings and I think I think Morgan Rowley's is a more sound player his ceiling is definitely not as I don't think it's as high as Matthew Dumbas is but I don't think his floor is as low either
0: and he's a good player he's, he's a, a good player. player he
1: shoots the puck at will I mean the guy averages it's still has been shooting a ton this year 2.65 shots per game last year he had 223 on net I mean the guy shoots so there's definitely similarities between the two he's 25 years old I think Dumbas maybe just a year younger it's not like you're getting a twenty eight year old is twenty five. Yeah. So you're 25. basically trading a defenseman of the same caliber for one another. So I wouldn't hate it, but also Morgan Rowley's now. I know he's out four to six weeks. I don't know what the injury is, upper or lower. I don't I don't know. But I I would entertain it. I would I would at least listen to it. And I wouldn't throw Bill Gearin under the bus for making the trade. I guess that's where I would put it. That's where
0: I'm at. Okay, back to your stall Zucker point. Yes. Zucker I'm with you. I'm not trading him now because he's coming off the broken leg. I think if you trade him, you're not going to come close to probably maximizing value. Jason, let's see if I can find this quickly. Jason is 27, signed at 5.5 mil per year, but he signed through 2022-23. At the age of 27, am I exploring trading him in July? Absolutely. But yes, I'm with you. He's not a deadline guy. and by the way, if I'm not mistaken, the trade deadline for 2020 is February 24th, so it's coming up here. Uh, I disagree with you on Stall. If I could get so Stall is signed at 3.25 million for this year and next. He's 35. Uh, he's up and down. Sometimes he looks great. Sometimes he doesn't. But if somebody comes to me at the deadline and says I need a third line center, and I will give you a decent package, I think that's as good as you're possibly going to do because he is a guy at his position. Centers are hard to find. They could step in and immediately help a contender. So stall I trade. Zucker with the broken leg and all the stuff that has gone on there. I am if I'm going to trade him, uh, it's yeah. July 1st. I yeah. see no I see no incentive to give him away. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to, if I am going to deal him, maximize it. So I'm with you on that one.
1: Okay. So I think I brought this up maybe a month or two ago. The I'm not interested in trading Stahl for a draft pick. I'm not interested in getting a 29th overall pick for Eric But Stull. I
0: think your goal, explain your goal, because I think it can be achieved. I, would, I don't think it's a dumb
1: goal. And, and again, It's back to a hockey trade. If you can give me an, a younger center with some upside, yeah. I don't mean Ryan Donato, but you give me someone who has upside who's also a center, Yep. I'm in. Yeah. I'm in on moving him. Yes. But I'm not interested in a, in a second round or a low first round pick. I'm not interested in draft capital with Eric Stahl. I don't think... The 29th overall pick is going to be worth giving up, Eric Stahl. I want to get someone ready who now can step into his place yep. and is ready to go.
0: A low first round pick intrigues me if I'm Billy Garen and I have the proper confidence that I can make that a good pick because there's talent there. But I don't think that your goal, if it is to get a young, and you know, let's not pretend here, a young, solid center who could develop, and let's say that's let's say down the road, that's a third line guy. If I can get that guy. I'm doing that trade. But I I think Eric Stahl is a deadline guy. I think he's an intriguing deadline guy. Where with Jason, I'm with you. I don't think he's going to get you enough. And just to clear this up quickly, because I'm sure people are saying, well, Stahl's got no trade provisions. He has a modified no trade, which he has submitted a list of 10 teams that he can't be traded to. A year ago, those 10 teams were mostly contenders to sort of sabotage the chances of trading him. But I would got to believe that there has to be somebody <clears throat> the carolina hurricanes his old team where his brother plays who might come along and say eric stall would look really nice on our team
1: i remember you telling me too that he had them on his on his no trade list a couple weeks ago carolina because i was shocked by that because i would entertain it
0: right but i would also but what i would do is just go to, back to him and say your brother's there you played there can we sweeten the pot a bit sure. for you to, to take this trade i could just see him saying no to the jets for instance for sure
1: and we heard. Sources, as I like to say, source have told. I think me. I don't know about you. I'm, I'm, I'm not in the loop. I'm, I'm plugged you in. Are, sometimes a little bit more than you are. You're
0: in the press box. It's like Scotty Bowman, um, Jacques Lemaire. Michael Russo, Michael Russo, Declan uh, Goss. No, 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 no. It's Scotty Bowman, Jacques Declan, then Michael Russo. Okay. You're that plugged. Yeah, in. yeah. No,
1: no. Russo and I are tight. I meanwhile am, am at the pretzel table. Yeah, no. And Russo says sources. You wonder who's telling him. Uh, but but I think with Stahl... I'd even also take a – let's say it's a player who was a first-round pick who is still a prospect, and he's maybe still playing college hockey or he's still in the AHL. Yep. I would also entertain that. I just don't – I don't want a lottery ticket. I want someone okay. who, is, who is either a young, established player who needs more ice time or someone who was a who has already been drafted and he has a lot of stock and they're willing to part with that young center to get Stahl. That would okay. be the only, tra- only way I would trade Eric Stahl. I love this recuse speculation.
0: Let's keep it going. Okay. Now, this is a question probably for the summer, but I'm going to throw this one at you because we've seen a lot of the kids now. And kudos. For the most part, they're playing the kids, which is great to see. Yeah. July 1st, if I told you there's one kid that you have to trade, now I'm not telling you who that is. Yeah. It's up to you. But there's one kid that you've seen a lot of, and you've either grown concerned or you think there's not as much there as you thought that there was previously. Declan Goff, which of the kids? Do you consider, if I give you one, that you have to move? And let's say that the return's going to be okay. I'm I'm not saying that you give said player away. But you've seen enough, at least from your standpoint, in watching this team almost every night. What kid are you starting to get concerned about? Because we will both agree right now, for as flighty as he can be at times, Kevin Fiala is a damn talent, and he's going nowhere.
1: I would. Uh, so let me let me tell you the players I wouldn't trade first. All right. I'll just do this process of elimination off the top of my head. Sure. I would not trade Fiala and I would not trade Joel eriksson yep. Um, I'm hesitant to move Luke Cunning because I, I, I have a little bit more of an admiration for him, and I think there is something still more to his game. Okay. He's got 10 goals. He does a lot of things you don't notice. I, I think he is a very good player that is underappreciated. And that leaves two guys who are probably the ones that I'd entertain to move, and that would be either Jordan Greenway or Ryan Donato. And... I think either both those players bring two different things. I think there is something about Denado that clearly this kid has a shot, and he he is a goal scorer. If you give him time, the kid's going to score goals. Yes. Jordan Greenway, on the other hand, I don't know if he's a goal scorer, and probably, you know what? He probably isn't a goal scorer, but he's got size, and he's got every blueprint that any hockey team looks at, just from an X's and O's and a box score, and says, oh, I, I we got something with this kid. So I would say it's probably one of those two, and... If I was doing the trade, I would, I would say Greenway probably gets you back more. Right now, it might it might not be that much more, but sure. I I, th- I think he he he'll, he'll, has a more value than Ryan Donato does. But Donato's definitely a wild card and a diamond in the rough for a team that just says, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna try it here. And on these bridge deals, this is what they're for, man. They don't their their salary cap is not the issue, their contracts not the issue. Yep. But I, I would trade probably Greenway or Donato. If one of them were to be moved, I would be hoping it was those two. The three that I listed above, I don't want anything. I, I want them on my team.
0: Donato is 23 years old. He is signed for 1900000 um million 2019-20, 2020-21. And, R- and he's an RFA in 2021 22 or after the 2021 season. Greenway is 22 years old. He's making 916000 He's still so young. $666 this year. He is an RFA after this year. If you told me I had to trade one right this second and it wouldn't come back to bite me in the ass, which, of course, it could. I'm probably shopping Greenway. But because of because of my I am so you inf- like him, though, I'm so infatuated with the size. And when he's going well, he is. I love what he brings um, as much as I'm with you. Donato has some sick hands at times and he can score some really nice goals. I probably trade him. Um and you know what? I could take him to market potentially as a wing, a center. But if you told me I had to trade one, I don't think I can trade Greenway based on the fact that the upside still could be so damn high. And his skill set, again, he brings things that a lot of guys don't have. He's got size. He's got, and I'm not saying he's going to score a bunch of of uh, sexy goals like Donato can. That that shootout goal what a week ago Sunday against Calgary, that Donato scored was just sick. It was great to watch. Um, but Greenway brings other intangibles that a lot of guys in this league don't have. Greenway can be physical. He can go in front. if And on the nights where he's going hard, he is fantastic. So, yes, I'm with you. If I had to trade one, if you came to me and said, July 1st, Judd, one has to go. Ryan Donato. Okay. Let me let's what let's not do really tr- do the reckless spec trade
1: speculation, but let's let's continue this reckless speculation and let's let's open a little bit of ears here on the podcast and I, I want I want to bring this up. Yeah. It was a questionable and we haven't we didn't prep for this, so I'm I'm sorry for putting you a little bit on the spot. Damn it. We were in the wild locker room on Sunday and I won't name the player. Yep. We heard a lot of expletives coming from the shower. So if so you paint a picture here. You walk into the locker room. It's a very disgusting, smelly, typical hockey locker room. And then there's closed doors to the kitchen and to the showers. And while we were interviewing a certain player, there was rumblings of f bombs and 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 frustrations, and it could be for many of reasons.
0: And it probably happens a lot more than than we, certainly, then we all, certainly think,
1: especially in all sports. Uh, do you think is it a good thing that a said player or a player is is so frustrated and dropping f bombs? Do you think that was a good thing that this guy was doing that? It
0: depends on why. Yeah. Like, I I didn't know the con- I don't know the context yeah. at all. And, and I'm because, throwing you on the spot here. Yeah. Well, no, I, I'm just saying it depends on the why. And it also look, I don't think that any player getting mad removes the fact that this team, in my opinion, is not a playoff team. So, like, if this was a team, I'll, I'll give you one where in this case I totally got it and it made sense. Two thousand. Eight Vikings. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um. They started off, I believe, zero and two, if I'm not mistaken, or one and two, or something like that. Two. They were
1: on two. Okay. Okay. Lost
0: two that year. Was at the Metrodome, and they were up something like sixteen or eighteen to nothing against the Indianapolis Colts. Yes. And they should have won the game. And the Colts came back. And that was a pretty good Vikings team. Like that was a Vikings team that had some deficiencies at quarterback, and they switched after that game, I believe, from Tavares to Gus Farad Yep. But the fact was that was supposed to be a good team, and it had good personnel, and it. I remember going downstairs at the Metrodome after that game and being outside the locker room before the media access period began. So the cooling off period was ongoing. So I was outside the doors of their locker room and hearing stuff being thrown and like swearing really loud. And there was a commotion. Now, I don't think that there was like a fight among players, but somebody was melting down or people were melting down. That made perfect sense to me because I'm like, yeah, you guys should be good. You're you're not good. You're Owen, two, which in that league is a big deal. Um, But that all made sense in this one. I don't know the context. And I also don't think that this is a particularly good team. I think they've got some talent. They're not awful. They're obviously um, not, you know, among the they're not what the ducks are terrible or something like that. Anyway, long story short, I don't think it really matters that much, though, because I don't think that's the type of thing that's going to make this team good. Now, if you had brought the same story to me four years ago, I'd say absolutely. Absolutely. Look at this team. Parisi's in his prime. Suter in his prime. This team should be really good. I mean, the Wild has frustrated us for how long? I think now they're past that point for me personally. So I don't think the commotion, and I don't know if the player was mad about the game, if he was mad at the referees, if he was mad about um, something else that we don't know about. But no, I don't think this team needs that now. I don't think it helps them. So you you think it's a detriment? No, I just don't think it matters. No, because it's not a detriment. It's irrelevant. irrelevant. Yeah, because to say it's a detriment would be like, well, they shouldn't be doing that. I don't care what they do. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, But I think if you have a team that's supposed to be good and can use a kick in in the butt, then yes, go ahead and do it. Mm -hmm. But do I think a kick in the butt is going to make them magically beat Pittsburgh and go on a great run? No. No, I don't
1: bookmarking that. Yep, sounds good.
0: You know, and they might, but I yeah. mean, you you said to me two months back, Judd, I think they're going to go on some type of run. I'm like, I don't think so. And then they, they did. So in this leak, you can't dismiss that. And we see goofy results every night. Yeah, uh, but I don't think that this is a team where somebody emerges as the captain, kicks some locker room butt, and then they're like, Yeah, we're really good. You know, yeah. you've still got issues. You've still got goaltending problems, right? So no, I don't think that it's a I don't think it's a magical fix that they have guys or a guy who emerges as a screamer.
1: Okay. So yeah, I just wanted to bring that up really quick. Do
0: you think it helps them that much? Like I don't mind it, I just don't think it's the fix.
1: Uh I don't I don't mind it. Um the issue I took was a player in the lo- not the issue, but what I found was interesting was the player a player in the locker room said, "Who's yelling back there? Who is that?" Yeah. You know, and so Clearly, it. I think it does like surprise some people who who do that kind of thing. And I'm w- I'm with you. If you're if you're the if you're the St. Louis Blues right now, right? And and you're on the six game losing streak, and a guy like O'Reilly is back there cussing up a storm. Yeah, I want that. I want that guy. I want I want that guy to be yelling and upset. I want I want someone to get pissed. I like that. Right. But for this team and for this player to be going on that tirade, and you know what? Again, I'm recklessly speculating. I don't know what he was very upset right, about. You don't know the context, but. Kind of like, calm it it down, is basically what I meant. Yeah, see, I know
0: your role. Because I don't know a thing about it, I don't really care right now. But I I did want to bring it up on the podcast. Yeah, and I I just don't think it's a, um, I think this team has so many issues. And you know what? They obviously aren't as bad as their start, but they're also not as good as the team that got hot. They are just, to me, a non-playoff team. That's what they are. They're just an outside-the-playoff picture Looking in, and in some ways, look. If you came to me and said, "Okay, for the rest of this year, we can make them a disaster," I would take that because I want the draft pick. You, you told me at the game when we were in the press box Sunday, watching against the Canucks, how close they are teetering on a really good draft pick and a not so good draft pick. Yes, and it, tell us again. But to Absolutely. that point, if you come to me right now and say, "Okay, Judd, I can get you that high draft pick," I'm going to say, "Lose all the games you possibly can."
1: As we record on Tuesday, the Wild have. Forty six points, and this this stat is also key. They have nineteen regulation wins. That's the tiebreaker for points, regulation wins. Okay. Right now, if the if the draft was today, the Wild would draft 10th. But they are tied with the sixth with the sixth best odds in the draft lottery. So so and and even to paint another picture of, they're also two points out from having the twelfth pick. So two points separate you from having the sixth. Or the twelfth pick in the draft, and that is substantial. If yeah. you're talking, if you're talking ten to fifteen, I'm going to use the same gap. You use ten to fifteen, uh, not that big of a deal. Six to thirteen, big deal, yes. big difference, yes. big difference. So, and I want the sixth. Yes, and I'm at I mean, the, that's look, what I want. And, and I and I've been teeter tottering. I I like to ride the waves of the emotion of a season, and I'm not someone who's just going to stick to a take till and beat it to and beat it on a dead horse. So, right. I, I've been riding the waves of this team, and it's to the point where, yeah, they'll probably go on another blip, and they'll, they'll get hot for a little bit, but you know, unless the goaltending really just substantially improves, they're probably not going anywhere, and they'd be more beneficial to get a, a, a top-ten pick.
0: Now, here's where it all comes full circle, though. Here's where the Wild gets a gift from the hockey gods, Declan, and they get an answer to the question, what should Bill Guerin do, okay? I mentioned to you before, the NHL trade deadline, February 24th, right? On February 15th, so nine days before the deadline, the Wild will conclude a stretch of 11 of 12 played at the X. Some are against good teams, some are against bad teams. But the game against Pittsburgh that they're playing, if you are uh, listening to this right now on Score North on 1500, the game at Pittsburgh that they're playing, I believe is the only road game in this stretch. They're going to come home. Oh, I'm sorry. No. They're going to come home from this game tonight, to be clear. They're going to play seventh consecutive. Then they're going to go on a one game trip. And then they're going to come back home. So 11 of 12 at that point will have been played at the X, February 15th. That will give you all you need to know as far as the definite direction. Because if you don't clean up on points by then, you will be completely, completely idiotic. If you don't trade the movable parts.
1: Okay. And I believe when we started the 18 of 22, you and I laid out a plan, right? I more laid out a scenario of, I stayed clear. You did. And I said, if you're going to play these 18 of 22 games, so 18 times two is 36. And if you could take 75% of those points. So again, I'm doing math at my head. So roughly 28, 20, 27 to 28 possible of, of 36 points. I think that would not just put you in the wild card. You'd be in the playoff race in the division. I mean, you'd be in the, one of the top three spots. Well, you got off to a horrible start, I believe. Two, two, five, and two. You only won. I believe you've only taken five of like a possible twelve points. So you've only taken like fifty percent. That's right. At best of the points possible during this home stretch. Right. So you're you're already now behind the eight ball, and like you said, now you're going on eleven of twelve after they finish playing the Penguins on Tuesday night. So now you're at twenty-two possible points at home. You essentially would have to probably take eighteen. To then put yourself back in the playoffs, and anything less than that, you're middling. You're 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 back to exactly where we are before, where and everybody knocking, else is getting points. You're knocking too. on the door, yep. and then you fall off, and then the the X factor. In, and I hate I always kind of hate control. We can control. You can't control who wins games, and everyone above you right now is winning games. Correct. So, yes, if you don't take at least I think 18 points in the 11 of 12 that are now remaining in this big old home stand. You have no shot at making the playoffs. And if you're going to be, let's say you only take 10 points and you, you were bad during that stretch, that is the icing on the cake and probably the, t- the, the last nail in the coffin for Bill Guerin to say, all right, guys, things are going to happen.
0: And w- what, makes the, what makes your point even more important, too, is this one. You don't have, so when you are playing those home games against Western Conference teams, especially teams that are ahead of you in the wild card race and or your division, you don't have the luxury of overtime wins and shootouts like you need the two points and you need to shut them out of points because if you're giving up one point to them or, you know, in the case of the game a week ago Sunday, I believe it was against Calgary here where you led basically five, four five times that entire game and then you lost the lead and then you lost in a shootout. You got your point, but it's not enough. So you need to basically be getting two points and much preferably be getting two points with them getting zero points. So, you know, you go to OT against a team that's, you know, ahead of you in the wild card race. Now they got a point. They might lose a game, but they got a point. So this gets very dicey. Yeah. But I do think the good thing is that you get to February 15th and definitively can say, we now can feel comfortable potentially. If you don't do well by then, trading whomever we like to trade And February 15th or want yeah,
1: to trade is that the end of the 11 of 12 yes okay that's so it. That's, and then the 24th is the deadline okay so then yeah that's this is your defining moment of the season essentially Correct. um yeah this is your defining moment of, of, of your identity of who you are as a hockey team and you know what I I have credit to Bill Guerin uh or I'll, I'll give kudos to Bill Guerin I should say there was reports a week into the season I believe and you even reported to out of Ottawa that uh, that young players around oh, the block. The guy. I, know, I know. I'm sorry. I shouldn't say you reported. I you, just copied it. You, 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 I posted. We saw it. it. On there was reckless speculation. Correct. But, but we did see it from a from a local reporter in Ottawa who had the source and had the bug on it. Correct. And Bill Guerin said, "I'm going to hold back. I'm going to hold back." And so far, has held back. I think he's done exactly what he's supposed to do. He's evaluating. I don't think he's been brash to make a trade or or brash to make someone available. And Paul Fenton did that to a degree. And you know what? Looking back on it. Paul Fenton might have been right, and we can have that podcast for hours on end if we really want to. Yep. But I think Bill Guerin is doing the exact right moves. I think he will sell what he's able to sell at the deadline and at the summer possibly evaluate things and, and see where he goes from there.
0: And if I'm not mistaken, that report from the Ottawa Sun also had them, I think that was mostly shopping young players. Yes. And I'm not in favor of that at all not at necess- the deadline unless you make a killing. I'm I'm saying um, Eric Stahl, I would trade personally uh I'm saying the brodeen idea really intrigues me I hate the thought of trading him but I do think that that could get you a ton yeah, back I think you have to but when it comes but if we're talking about Erickson, Eck, in Greenway I'm not trading those guys but to, not uh, not right now I th- should
1: to say. play devil's advocate against you yeah I will say that but that's kind of the only things they have to offer because they have so many veterans on no movement or limited content I think that's
0: why we're going down the right path yeah I think bro is incredibly attractive yes he plays a tough to find position. He's incredibly solid. He'd be a great playoff player. Can you imagine him in right. Toronto on yeah. like the second pairing exactly
1: so my my point is yes, I'm not interested in training the young players, but I don't fault gearing of looking at him like this is what I have to this is what I have to work with sure so that that's kind of where I'm at with it.
0: Let me ask you about this guy, and we ha we have dabbled in this conversation and we've laughed and joked and and talked mm-hmm. about his skating. Um, But I have an interesting question for you now. And I think, it's a le- I think right now, Declan, it's a legit question. And that's this one. Victor Raskin Calgary, a week ago Thursday, played what I think I believe was his best game. And he's played some decent games. But I think it was his best game as a member of the Wild. And I know there's a lot of bad games, too, so insert your own jokes here. He got scratched then in the Sunday game against Vancouver, basically, because Bruce, and I get it, rightfully said at that point, Who am I going to scratch? And if I scratch, you know, a top or a guy above him, it's a national story. I love
1: that Bruce said that, too. Yeah, and,
0: and he's right. In Bruce's defense, like Rask was coming off a great game. So I did have trouble. I had trouble getting my head around the scratch. But when Bruce explained it, it's not like he BS'd us. He told the truth. But where I'm going to go in a serious route with you, and it's I don't think it qualifies as reckless speculation. I think it just is speculation you think they could get a little something for Rask with, with the way that Bruce has used him and as a fourth-line guy, again, a playoff team, a playoff team that needs a solid fourth-line center and is not going to have any delusions of this guy could play second line or something?
1: Yes, I, I think you can get something for him, which I would is take, shocking to say.
0: Because I would take your thing of, I wouldn't take just a draft pick for Stall, and I think we'd both agree... <laughs> Hell yeah! Give me a draft pick for Victor Rask, and I shed that salary.
1: I, I think you're at the point. If you're Bill Guerin, if you want to shop Rask, you have to attach him with someone. I, I, okay. I, just, I don't. It's going to be incredibly difficult, even with him having now a good renaissance as a fourth line player. And you know what? Teams will buy on that, and they'll want that. But the four million dollar cap hit, man. I mean, that is substantial, and. Even if you know what, even if the Wild had eat a million of that each of the next three seasons under contract, I'd probably entertain it. I don't like buyouts. I hate getting into buyout situations. I really can't stand paying someone not to pay for you, despite how cool it might be on paper. Um, yep, agreed. I, I you're just, right. yes, he's playing better. If Bill Guerin can pull it off, I think he should be executive of the year. And Victor Rask um,
0: has no protection here. Yeah. So you can trade. So any playoff team where you could convince them, here's a fourth line center, and you're right. The contract stinks. But if I'm a playoff team and I need a fourth line guy to play for me, that game against Calgary impressed me. He's been playing
1: very well over the last month or so and that's with him being scratched a few times. And yes, I, I think you can get something there and it's just don't yeah, don't expect a big return in it. It's gonna be a salary dump. I, I think I floated out the idea of maybe you trade him and then you also take on maybe another contract, but maybe it's maybe it's, it's expiring sooner. You know, maybe maybe it's uh Victor has three years left, and you're going to take on a guy who makes six mil, but you're going to be on the hook for it for next year. I wouldn't be surprised if they did that. Okay. You know, basically, you want to get out of the long term ramifications. He's making $12 million over the next three seasons. You're trying to save money there, and you're in salary cap purg- purgatory as it is. So basically, be a salary capped up.
0: Give me, uh, to, to circle back to Jordan Greenway, give yes. me your prediction on Greenway because I love this prediction on Sunday, and I saw this on Twitter. You know, he went fourth line in Calgary, played really well. They took him from the fourth line to, to the first line in that game. He was back on the fourth line against Vancouver on Sunday, and i got to be honest, I don't think he played a great game he in that game, but he did against Calgary. But you made a prediction to me in the press box. that I actually saw somebody else after you told me that tweeted they thought this should happen. I don't like the idea, but I think your prediction might be dead on. I, Jordan Greenway is going to get scratched. Oh. So.
1: It's going to happen. Um, Donato t- has
0: been scratched for the Pittsburgh game. Yep, he, uh, Greenway will address in
1: Pittsburgh. I think Greenway is probably one another one bad game away from from getting sent to the press box. Uh, Bruce alluded to it a little bit in the post game on Sunday. Yes, I saw another reporter do it, and it's it's he's been coasting. I think a lot, and as much as we, for better or worse, compare him to Charlie Coyle, he unfortunately over the last two weeks. It reminds me a lot of Charlie coyle, which is which is well, frustrating. And
0: you've got some of the same body type issues exactly. It's as far easy. As big guys. It's that... easy
1: to compare the two. and it's, it's it's to me, it just gets a little lazy just because he's so big. But, but I he, think big but, guys
0: can have this problem. Yeah, they like, can. I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a lazy comparison when you do have big guys who have this problem.
1: So yeah, so I, I think he's, I think he's gonna be in line for a scratch, and if that gets his butt in gear, then I mean it works. I, I would be fine if he did it. He's Bruce has scratched every young kid not named. I think Connor might have been scratched maybe once this year. I wouldn't be surprised if he was everyone but he's hurt too. It was, yeah, everyone like. but Eck. I don't think has been a healthy scratch of those young kids. fiala has been scratched and has been scratched. Um, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't be too shocked by that.
0: Donato uh, is scratched for the Pittsburgh game after he replaced Rask at Rask at center. Excuse me for the Vancouver game, and may I say this: I do not think it's fair to scratch Donato after he plays center. He's not a center, and I know he played there as a kid. Okay, I know his dad taught him. His dad's a coach and is a former pro player and great taught him. Young man. And so he's that, a great, great guy. That's all great. Yeah. All right, but if you're going to play Ryan Donato at center, you shouldn't expect he's going to be great. I don't even think he's good there. I think he's a sniper wing. All right. Yep. So if he, if he gets lazy on the wing, we can talk about it. But Bruce, quit scratching the kid when you're asking him to play center and it's not his position, and you're and he's playing that on the fourth line. I don't like that one. Um, wild thoughts. I've got I've got a, a league sure. wide topic to get to, but if you have any final wild thoughts, uh, not
1: necessarily. Um, you know, I, I I I thought it was interesting that Ryan Donato was on the power play on Sunday too, despite being a fourth line player, and I I originally thought. He was on the top unit. He was on both top units when they started their power plays on Sunday. Okay. But I think it wasn't necessarily him taking Dumba's spot because Dumba was still on the second power play unit. I think it was Donato taking Hunt's spot on the power play and then reconfiguring what was going on. Gotcha. Okay. I think that's what it was. Okay. I originally thought when I, saw, I was like, "Oh, he's on Dumba's spot because Dumba was on the second unit." Not necessarily. I think. I think it was Brian Donato taking Brad Hunt's spot, who's now being scratched, and again, probably someone you're going to be moving on from in a couple weeks.
0: Dumba now also, too, the one thing I like is that these last two or three games, it looks like he's consistently going to the Ovechkin spot in the power play. Keep doing that. I love that. He might miss the net. Don't care. Okay. Um, League-wide topic. All-star game fix. So two weeks ago, I believe, Declan Goff, we both – Melted down, you probably more so than I, about the All-Star game. Because Alexander Ovechkin announced he was going to skip it and has to be suspended for a game because that's the league's stupid rule. If you skip their All-Star game, which is a three-on-three tournament, which is fine, but if you skip it, you get suspended, and you can pick your suspension for either the game before or after the All-Star game, which to me is stupid, and in both cases, as we documented, these were road games for Washington, so somebody has paid good money to go see Ovechkin and now can't simply because you've decided if he doesn't play in your stupid showcase game. Um, but I've got your fix. I, I saw a note yesterday. I believe the Tuca Rask of Boston, the Boston goaltender, has decided he is going to not take part or was not going to take part. So, Ovechkin, 34. Uh, Tuca, 32. If you're over 30, you can skip the All-Star game and not be suspended. If you're 29 or younger, you have to go. How about that for, uh, for at least an agreement? Because, honestly, just quickly, if you're going to play three-on-three, I prefer to see younger stars anyway. So, like, Connor McDavid, if he skipped it, I'd be like, damn, I wish I could see him. Ovechkin, yeah, he's a hell of a player. Don't really care that much.
1: And maybe I misinterpreted, but how about if you're under 30, or excuse me, if you're 30 or older, you won't be fined. Well, suspended.
0: Or suspended, yeah, whatever. You You can skip it without suspension.
1: Correct. So then everyone 30 and under has to go, and if you do not go, you will be fine. But the veterans above... You've earned the right, yeah, we're not gonna find you.
0: Correct. And the format I like that idea. and the format that the league plays screams for we want younger Speed. Po- fast, yes, yes. So like if Ovech like if Eric Stahl decided, I've been hurt a lot of the year, and I'm old and tired, and I, I want to skate on a, my, I want my a week. And I yeah. want to skate on my pond hockey deal that I do for my kids. Yeah, yeah. Cool, dude. Yeah, you should buddy. do that. For sure. You should do that. But if Connor McDavid comes and says, You know what? I want to skip it. I'm gonna be like, Why, man? You know Austin Matthews. I want to see you play, man. Yeah. Totally. How about that? I know. I that's
1: like a that fix. a lot. I think that's a good fix. You want you want speed. And you want young kids, and you want to be showcasing your young town. I know Alex. Look, I want Alexander Ovechkin in the All Star game. I honestly do, but I'm not going to commend him or reprimand him, which is what you're doing, Gary, uh, to your star player. So I think that's a little bogus.
0: All right. In our remaining time, should we get to the hat trick of questions?
1: Sure. Let's do it. Do you want to go? Yeah, I'll go. Okay. All right. Worst body language, and this is also uh, non half hockey, half football related, but I think it's very relevant in Minnesota sports right now. Worst body language, Devin Dubnik or Kirk Cousins? You answer first. And this is so complicated.
0: Dubnik after he gives up a goal or Cousins after like an incompletion or pick or something. Sure. Um, all right. So Dubnik drives me crazy because he always is like flailing his arms and screaming at the official or looking like somebody just screwed up instead of being like, oh, I screwed up. Cousins has that look of disgust of how could this happen to me? I'm better than this. What was me? I have to be honest. The cousins, cousins drives me crazy, but I think Dubnik wins. I think Dubnik wins because, and I don't even know what he's really thinking, what's going on in his brain. But every time he gives up a goal now, he like looks around like that's no goal. Right. And then when he's, it's clear that, Oh no, the officials pointing to the goal. Then he's like, gesticulating and flailing away like somebody made a mistake. Kirk Cousins' body language after he screws up is annoying. I'm going to go with Devin Dubnik, man. Okay. I, I'd like, I think I
1: like to pick Dubnik more,
0: too. It's just, and it's not just
1: giving up a goal. It's a whistle. It's a penalty. It's something of his teammate. It's something of the opposition. It's just always something. And it's so frustrating to me. And he's a good goalie. And honestly, as we record this, he was acquired five years ago today. On the on the taping of this right now, and he's been a godsend in the organization. He might be the best trade in the in franchise history. But, dude, know your again. Know your role. Know, know your role, Devin, and and quit being a punk. Honestly, just quit being a baby. I think it sets a horrible example for the rest of the league and the players. Just just quit being a, cousins. Cousins just irritates me. His body language doesn't. It's it, it's 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 a problem. But it doesn't bug me as much as Devin Dubnik. It's the mindset of Kirk Cousins and the things he says that drive me nuts. Not necessarily what his body language
0: is. They both sort of will look like, how could this go wrong? I don't understand it. But, yeah, I think Dubnik more so. And you know what? Probably we pick on Devin a little bit more, too, because it's a goal against. Like with Cousins, it's not every incompletion, right? And he really doesn't throw that many picks. Um, So with Dubnik, there's more of a body of work of – Really? You think that's no goal? Yeah. So, so I, 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 All right. would, I would say Nick.
1: All right. We agree. Second one. This is full hockey related. Sorry for doing that. Uh, in your mind, who is the second best team in the Central, assuming
0: that St. Louis is the best team in the division? Sure. Who is the second best team? Go. Uh, the team that is uh, 11 points behind them right now is the Dallas Stars in second place, by the way, in the Central Division. But I think this one, for, to me, is simple. It's the team 12 points back. It's the Avs. The Colorado Avalanche are coming here at some point in time. Nathan McKinnon's a marvelous player. McCar, who I didn't get to see when I was on vacation, but you did. I, I did. Oh,
1: the kid's awesome. Marvelous player. Yeah, great uh, Goal Goaltending's
0: not as solid as I would like it to be, but the components are there. Man, are they fast. Are they fun to watch? They skate laps around a team like the Wild, who beat them the last time they played in Colorado. Good for them, but I don't even think this is tough. I think it's the Blues up top, and without—it doesn't take me a second have a B second, sure,
1: and I think Colorado's the easy one to pick. I know Dallas has won what I think eight in a row or nine of ten. They've just been on a roll ever since uh, they they made a coaching change. They
0: just lost again, the but they had a big streak. Yeah,
1: there. and I, I would Colorado's the easy one to pick. I don't buy Dallas. Dallas was a team I was all in on in the preseason, and I just don't buy it. I I don't I don't buy their defense. Still, I thought their defense would improve. I don't buy that. I don't buy Ben Bishop staying healthy and going on a long, prolonged run. I don't get that either. Um, for me, I would say if, and especially if they got our boy Brodine, I think the Winnipeg Jets are one defenseman away from a, from again giving the Blues a run for their money. I, I really they could do. be,
0: yeah. And man, have they? If they had known, if you could go back and tell them and uh, look at a crystal ball to them and say Buffalo ain't coming back, can you imagine the amount of guys they could have held on to?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like you look at, there's a lot of teams that have uh, former Jets defensemen. All right, final question: Are you attending? Hockey day at Minnesota this year. It's supposed to snow a ton. Um, I will How be, excited are you for I'm hockey going day in to Minnesota get, I'm this I'm going year. to get around your question by saying my plan right now, tentatively, is to go to the Wild Dallas game at 8 p.m. on Saturday at the X uh, Parade Stadium. Is a hop, skip, and a, a jump from my house, uh, so I might go down there and check it stumble out. Stumble from bunnies, but it's supposed to. But it's supposed to snow a ton on Friday. Yeah. Long way of saying, don't be surprised if I'm not there. I, I think it's you know it's what? a great. I, I love hockey. I have poked fun at it before because it's a. Uh, made-up event to a certain degree, but it's a really cool No, idea. it's a cool event. It's a cool idea, and Chorsky is involved a lot, our buddy Tom Chorsky and the alumni game on Friday has me very interested So, I actually think it's it's great. It's a celebration of a sport I absolutely love. I'm so. excited
1: for it too, so it should be good Are, are you going? I'm going to try to make an appearance, yeah. That's the goal I'm probably okay. going to walk
0: down. Saturday, I'm hoping to go Because if you go, I might go
1: down. Okay, I, I want to pop in there Saturday. I don't have a press pass. Though, I don't right. have a press pass either. I'd have to buy a ticket like a hard-working American
0: Alright, Judd's Hockey Show A lot of reckless speculation. Oh,
1: so great. We're done. Pass shoot score.
0: Your dog is more than just your bestie with the cutest face ever. Get to know them on a genetic level with Embark Vet.
1: Developed by veterinarians and PhDs, Embark screens for more than 215 genetic health risks across more than 350 breeds. It's top-notch science for your top-notch pup.